Welcome to the newest installment of The Voice Speaks. I am Olufemi Nathan Oshako, Executive Director of Eternal Crown Ministries and host of this podcast. In keeping with the study of David's life, we are picking back up in 2 Samuel chapter 18, going to be covering verses 6 through 18 in our study today. This is part two of the Day of Reckoning. So let us begin reading in the New Living Translation at verse 6. So the battle began in the force of Ephraim, and the Israelite troops were beaten back by David's men. There was a great slaughter that day, and 20,000 men laid down their lives. The battle raged all across the countryside, and more men died because of the forest than were killed by the sword. It's so important to do what God says do, and it is so important to be in the will of God. When you are in his will, he makes things work together for you. Bible says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. These things work together for David because he loved God. And he was called according to the purpose of God. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's because of the power that God has placed within us that we are able to do these extraordinary things. Let's pick back up with verse 9. During the battle, Absalom happened to come upon some of David's men. He tried to escape on his mule, but as he rode beneath the thick branches of a great tree, his hair got caught in the tree. His mule kept going and left him dangling in the air. Do not allow your vanity to be the death of you. Absalom allowed his vanity, his hair, which he loved, which grew so fast and was so thick and so heavy that he couldn't keep his head up straight if he didn't cut his hair. And he would get it done like once a year. I'm bald. I have no hair on my head. So I shave my head once a week. My children, I get their hair cut. That happens once every other week. This man allowed his hair to be so long because it was so pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty. He was pretty. And it was a part of his prettiness. But he let it get so long and so heavy that he couldn't keep his head up straight if he didn't cut it. You're hanging in a tree by your hair. You're telling me that as the king of Israel, you're leading your troops into battle, that you don't have any kind of blade on you? No sword, no axe, no dagger, nothing. I find that hard to believe. If he did not, shame on him for not being properly prepared for battle. I, I just, if I find it very hard to believe that he did not have access to a blade. You are hanging by your hair, sir. Cut your hair. Cut your hair so that you can get away. You're trying to get away. You see, the men are coming after you. And you're stuck. Cut 
cut your hair. But he didn't, and maybe he couldn't. Maybe he didn't have a blade on him. Maybe it was on or, or with the mule that ran out from underneath him. We don't know. I just find it hard to believe that a king would be in battle and not have a blade on him. And if he did, why wouldn't you cut your hair? Verse 10. One of David's men saw what happened and told Joab, I saw Absalom dangling from a great tree. What? Joab demanded. You saw him there and you didn't kill him? I would have rewarded you with 10 pieces of silver and a hero's belt. I wouldn't kill the king's son for a thousand pieces of silver, the man replied to Joab. We all heard the king say to you and Abishai and Ittai, for my sake, please spare the young Absalom. And if I had betrayed the king by killing his son, and the king would certainly find out who did it, you yourself would be the first to abandon the same man that brokered the deal for Absalom to return to Jerusalem is encouraging other people to kill him. Joab already disobeyed David by killing Abner. Now you're ready to disobey him again by killing his son. Just, yeah, just madness. And then on top of that, you're encouraging other people to kill him, saying I would do this and I would do that when you're the one that brought the man back. You telling me that as my commander and you got the word from the king, not to kill him, that if I killed him, you would have rewarded me. Yeah, right. You're going to reward me for killing your cousin who you brought back to Jerusalem. Okay. Now, here's something that I found very interesting about this passage. My boys who live here with me each night put on the whole armor of God. One of the first things that stated, I believe is the first part of it, is that we put on the belt of truth. So a part of your armor, a part of the attire of a warrior is a belt. Joab said he would have given him a hero's belt. We really don't think about that. I should say, in thinking about that, it's like, wow, you, you have a special belt as a warrior? Yeah, you do. And it made me think of my days of studying the martial arts and the different belts that I achieved because of my mastery of the arts. Likewise, in prize fighting, those people who reach the champion level, what do they get when they fight? They get a belt. So seeing that the hero's belt goes all the way back to biblical times, I thought was, was pretty interesting. Hadn't seen that before. All right, verse 14. Enough of this nonsense, Joab said. Then he took three daggers and plunged them into Absalom's heart as he dangled, still alive, in the great tree. Ten of Joab's young armor bearers then surrounded Absalom and killed him. This was overkill. Not only did he do too much in killing Absalom, I mean, three javelins? You need three javelins to kill him? Three. But then you got 10 armor bears. Who needs 10 armor bears? How many pieces of armor and, and weaponry do you have that you need 10 armor bears? And then let all 10 of them kill Absalom. So they're around them, stabbing them, you know, doing whatever. Doesn't take 10 people to kill a man hanging in a tree defenseless who has three javelins stuck in his chest. 
just overkill. Joab, yeah, it's kind of extra. And we'll see more of his extraness as we continue to study the life of David. Verse 16, then Joab blew the ram's horn and his men returned from chasing the army of Israel. They threw Absalom's body into a deep pit in the forest and piled a great heap of stones over it and all Israel fled to their homes. Absalom's life was defined by dishonorable deeds. He dishonorably killed his brother Amnon. Then in coming back to Jerusalem because Joab wouldn't speak to him, he dishonorably burned up his field. Then after being restored and being allowed to see the king again, it wasn't enough. He had to try to turn the heart of the people away from the king and to him because he wanted to be the big man. It's not good enough that he was still alive. No, I need people to come to me. I need people to talk to me. I need people to feel like they need me. I want to be adored by the people. So then he took it a step further and took the kingdom away from his father. The way that he died was dishonorable, slashed up, mutilated by 10 young armor bears. These aren't real men of war. These are young boys. So you're slashed up by these armor bears and then you're thrown into a pit and stones thrown over you so that you're not, you're not disposed of with a proper burial. Kings have these long funeral processions through the street and then they're laid with their fathers and things of that nature. That didn't happen to Absalom. He was thrown into a ditch and a bunch of rocks piled on top of him. His dishonorable life and deeds led to a dishonorable death. God's grace will cover you for quite some time and his mercies are new every morning. But if you reject God and you continue to reject him, you continue to abuse the gifts that he's given you at some point you're gonna have to pay for that hopefully you're able to turn things around before your life is over but ultimately you're going to have to pay for it and he paid the ultimate price for the deeds done in his body james chapter 1 verse 14 through 15 says but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. When it is full grown, it gives birth to death. His vanity, his drive, his desire to be honored and worshiped ultimately led to his death. He wouldn't even cut his own hair. He wouldn't even rip his hair, maybe because it was too thick. He couldn't get it from out of the trees, but he allowed his vanity to lead him to death. So in verse 18, it says, during his lifetime, Absalom had built a monument to himself in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to carry on my name. He named the monument after himself, and it is known as Absalom's monument to this day this man was so vain that since he didn't have a son to carry on his name he built a monument josephus the jewish historian 
wrote about this. It was a marble pillar that was built in that valley and was named like Absalom's hand or they called it that. He built a monument to himself so that he wouldn't be forgotten because he had no one to carry on his name. That same vanity that caused him to get stuck in the tree and the same vanity that very well may have allow him to stay stuck in that tree is typified here by him making a pillar to himself in his lifetime wasn't king for long but in his lifetime he had enough time to build a monument to himself so that he wouldn't be forgotten in the end the very thing that led to his downfall is what drove him to and from the throne his vanity thinking too highly of himself and desiring people's praise and adoration. It, yeah, it's just not good. Not good at all. Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So with clear thinking, think about yourself. Don't let your emotion and your ego cause you to think more of yourself than you ought to. Philippians 2, 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. All right, key points. We are tempted by the things that we like. Those things can lead to sin, which leads to death. Don't play with it. Watch for the things in your life that may not be sin, but your love for it can cause you to stumble. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us those things again that may not be sin but that can get us caught up hung up maybe it's a television show that you like or tv in general maybe it's i don't know i said i i like martial arts maybe it's watching fights maybe it's studying and, and and looking into to different things that though it's not sin if i give all my time and energy and attention to it like i did with a game i had a, a game it was a match three kind of game and i would play that thing for hours on end every day trying to get my score and my levels up and they kept bringing out new stuff that i wanted and i had to level up and i just gave out so much attention to it I didn't even play a drive and it, it was just not a good situation the Lord was like look dude you gotta get rid of that thing and I was like okay I see it's an item I gotta get rid of it that thing then became sin because again I was spending all that time doing that and I wasn't studying the word of God I wasn't preparing to share with the people what God was giving me God wouldn't give me anything because I wouldn't give him any of my time. I was too busy playing this game. So we got to throw off those things. Is playing that game of sin? No. But if my attention for it becomes so great that it outweighs God, I got a problem. That's why we have to throw those things off. Don't take for 
granted the mercy of God. God was so merciful to Absalom. He spared him after killing Amnon. He allowed him to return from exile. Then after returning from exile, allow him to have a place with the king again, allow him to be in his presence. He wasn't punished for stealing the hearts of the people. I, David had to know the things that Absalom was doing. And throughout all of that, Absalom never said, you know what, Lord, you have been really good to me. I have tripped. I've done so many different things that were about me and I shouldn't have done that. Let me give my heart to you and let me stop this. No, he kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going until it led to his death. Just because punishment is an immediate doesn't mean that it's not coming. God told Adam, the day you eat of the tree, you will surely die. He died to having the mind of Christ. Because as soon as he ate it, Adam and Eve's eyes were open and they saw that they were naked. That wasn't a sinful thing in and of itself being naked at that point. But because now their their minds were corrupted by sin, now that their minds were were hijacked and hot and hot wired by sin, they can't they aren't even able to look upon each other the same way they did before. Because that that innocence, that that wholeness, that lack of sinful nature that they had before that now they were exposed to caused them to cover what God didn't intend for them to cover. It caused God to then have to take the life of an animal to cover them because of their sin. Sin messes us up. It messes us up. And again, just because it wasn't immediate didn't mean that it was not coming. Adam died at the age of 900 and 30 years old but that death began the day he sinned remember vanity and this is the last point vanity will cause you to do some foolish things at its height it can cost you your life so selah pause and think about this please subscribe tell a friend about the podcast share this with someone next episode we'll be going over chapter 19 verses 1 through 8 and we'll be discussing how to mourn until then god bless and keep it together